Man, what day is it? September 29th? September 29th, 2020. In so many ways, 2020 has been like a whirlwind year. And it has gone like that just so fast. And then in other ways, it seems to have taken forever. There was just uh, one of my friends um, sent me an email just the other day. And he's like, hey, did you get that thing I sent over to you? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. How long ago did you send it? And he gets looking at his thing. And he's like, uh, it was in July. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, July feels like July doesn't feel like two or three months ago. July feels like three years ago. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but that's kind of how it feels like to me is that July was forever ago. But at the same time, I'm thinking, man, we're already, you know, closing out the month of September here in 2020. And for what it's worth, I thought 2020 was going to be an awesome year just because I'm, a, I'm kind of like a, I like, I like numbers and, and 2020, that sounded like, that sounded like a really, really cool, you know, number like 2019 sounds pretty not that cool to me. Um, but, but 2020 sounded like it was going to be such a cool number. So I was a little bit disappointed so far with some of what's happened in 2020, but I digress today on the podcast. Um, I want to I want to talk about a would you rather thing. So um, I was a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was in the shower. I was in the shower. Don't want to slur my speech too much. Um, I was in the shower and I was thinking like I had this idea pop in my head. Like what if I did a video series on YouTube that was would you rather, you know, would you rather have this bike or would you rather have that bike? We, we do this all the time. My kids are always asking me this all the time. In fact, a lot of what my kids ask me is dads, what's your favorite this dad? What is your favorite that? You know, and I don't, I'm not the guy that has favorites. I'm just not that guy that often. For whatever reason, my personality, my core integrity says I don't want to limit myself into just one thing all the time. And I feel like a lot of times if I'm doing that, if I'm picking favorites, I'm doing such a disservice to all of these other things that I could be liking or that I do like. And I don't want to just, you know, poo poo on these other things. So a lot of times I don't have favorites. I do have a favorite color when I was a little kid and it was just, I was always drawn to the color orange. Um, it was just my favorite color. It always has been. And some people are like, well, that's why you like KTMs. No, that's not why I like KTMs. I like KTMs because it's a freaking awesome bike. I bought multiple things that were not orange before that. And I've purchased multiple things that are not orange after that. So I don't care what the color of something is, but orange does speak to me. I always loved doing like hunter like, like when it was the hunting season, like deer hunting season and everything. And, and you saw this orange out, like my dad would have, you know, a blaze orange hat or whatever. I love that. Anyway, I digress. The point is let's get to a, would you rather thing? And, and that one speaks a little bit more to me because I don't have to say, this is my favorite. This is the best thing ever. I can just say, which I would rather have, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be, um, this bike or that bike? And so I did, uh, the first video that I did on this was actually, um, couple weeks ago and it was, man, man, I can't even remember. Um, what did I do? Oh, I said the, the Yamaha YZ 250 FX versus the Sherco 300 SEF factory. And the reason why I did that one is because it was so hot on my mind because I had just ridden back to back the Sherco 300 SEF factory back to back with a 2020 Yamaha YZ 250 FX. And I also had just reviewed the Yamaha YZ 250 FX earlier this, you know, summer, uh, spring and summer is what I was doing. Uh, so those are two bikes that I really, really like. And I'm like, well, which would I rather? And it, it got started because we were out on the trail 
and a couple of guys had been, you know, going back and forth on these bikes and they're like, what would you, which would you rather? And it was an interesting conversation for me because it depended on where I was, you know, where we were riding. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that too. But then just this week, I produced another video of would you rather the KTM 250XC and the Yamaha YZ250X. Okay. So a little bit of background for those of you that don't have all of the background on this stuff. Um, Back in around 2000, 2002, 2003, you know, everyone was still on two stroke bikes. And then somewhere right around that time, 2004, 05, 06, um, 07, in that time frame, that's kind of when every, when all the motocross bikes, like the big four between Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and Suzuki, they all started moving over and doing four stroke motocross bikes. And the, the two strokes were going by the wayside. We can, we can say what those, you know, what those reasons were. The AMA was complicit in it. You know, American Motorcycle Association was complicit in it. There were, it was, you know, maybe a lot of stuff that having to do with um, emissions and, you know, two strokes are looked at as like polluting the environment, all this other stuff. All that is garbage in my mind because it's like, dude, you got lawnmowers out there. There's lawnmowers out there. There's a million lawnmowers in the world and they're putting out more emissions than there's only a couple dirt bikes, you know, and so everyone's got a lawnmower. It's pumping out a ton of crap into the environment. So is your car. So is all of these things. But yet we're going to look at we're going to look at dirt bikes where there's only just a small fraction of the world actually has them. Anyway, I digress. Point is, around that time, everyone kind of moved off of two strokes and they dumped all the money and all their R&D into four strokes. And basically, everybody stopped doing their two strokes. Yamaha, though, has still continued to release uh, to put out their Yamaha YZ250, which is a 252 stroke as a motocross bike. They also have the Yamaha, they've got the YZ125 and they've continued to put that bike out and there have been no changes to it that I am aware of since 2006. And here we are in 2020, we're getting the model 2020-21s coming in. And so you're at least 15 years old right there. And then if you say, well, they didn't really change anything since 2004, then you can say, well, we're 17 years old, but really the bike was developed and they were doing the, de- the developing on it and everything and testing on it. In 2003, the bike, these bikes now in 2021, these Yamaha YZ250s and YZ250Xs are somewhere around 17 or 18 model years old, depending on where you do the math and where you get to say like who was doing the R&D at what times and everything. I'm just going to go ahead and say that bike is an 18 model year old bike. It just is. The Yamaha YZ250 right now is 18 years old. That's when they were doing the the R&D on that back was it was 18 years ago. And the YZ250X is just a teeny, teeny little spinoff on that. So I get these questions in my email kind of like all the time. They're like, hey, you know, what would you rather, Kyle? I'm trying to decide between a KTM 250XC or the Yamaha YZ250X. I get this question all the time. And it's because the YZ250 and the YZ250X was an awesome bike. It was an awesome bike back in 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006. It was an awesome bike then. It's still an awesome bike now for what it is. It's a great motor. It's got really good forks. And especially now, it's a lot. It's a cheaper bike than a lot of the others out there that you could actually find. You know, as you, as you compare it to some of the motocross bikes and the KTMs and the Huskies and the Betas and the gas gases and all this stuff. So it's, it's understandable that people have this question. 
And then the other thing that gets into it where a lot of people are asking me like, you know, should I get this or what's your thoughts is because they saw my review of the 2017 Yamaha YZ250X. It was a bike that I got. I got it actually at the end of 2016, but as a 2017 model. Okay. And I, I did not like that bike. I didn't like it. I freaking loved it. <laughs> and I've told that to hundreds and hundreds of people. I said that in the review. I don't like this bike. I love it. That's what I said. And I stand by that. I did love that bike and it was a ton of fun to ride. I gave it a glowing review, glowing remarks. Go back and watch it. If you go to my feed on YouTube, you can just search for Yamaha YZ250 uh, X. I'm going to go YZ250X and then I'll search full review. And here it is. So it shows up right there. I've got the Yamaha in my backyard back when I used to have corn in my backyard. Um, it's got blue text. 2017 YZ250X full review. Awesome bike. Um, and even now, like that video has what? Two, no, 305,000 views on it. And I loved it. Okay. But here's the thing. The bike is essentially 16 to 18 years old. It's a 2004-ish YZ250. Here's what they did to make it the 250X. They did the very least that they could possibly do. I'm talking about Yamaha to put this bike out. They put an 18-inch rear wheel on it. They slightly lowered the compression on the motor to take some of the hit off of it. They put a little extra flywheel weight on that. They put a kickstand on it. And then instead of doing a gearbox, the gearbox, which they had the six speed gearbox that they had in the WR, they literally didn't change anything. They just, they just, it's a five speed gearbox, which is what the motocross bike had, but they just kind of tweaked the gears and it's just kind of got weird spacing. And I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't work great anywhere. Now it isn't great on the track and it still isn't great. Like out for us in the trails, off-road enduro stuff. It doesn't work in those places. It's not great. Anyone who says that, oh, the transmission is awesome on this bike, they are blowing smoke. Yes, it's usable, but it isn't great. There's a lot of better things out there. Yamaha has a better thing with their, with their WR bikes, which also has the YZ250FX. It's got the WR transmission. It works way better, way better than the YZ250X, okay? So that's what they did. They did the very least amount that they could possibly do and they trotted it out. And I think they trotted it out in like 2015 or 2016. It was probably 2016 was the first YZ250X. And then I got, um, I got the 2017 model in 2016. Um, and so you look at the bikes today and the way that they market that bike, the YZ250X is sold for $7,600. That's the retail price. Right now, the KTM, the TPI version of the KTM is $10,000. It's $9,999. So that makes the Yamaha $2,400 cheaper, okay? But it's 18. You can call it 16 if you want, but I'm calling it 18 model years older, okay? So it's, yeah, you save 2,400 bucks, but you don't have electric start. You don't have a hydraulic clutch. You don't have a big enough gas tank. You don't have a counterbalance motor. There's all of these things that you're missing on the, on the YZ, Electric start being the tantamount, the biggest thing out there, the biggest thing. At the time I did the review, it wasn't the biggest thing for me. It wasn't my biggest problem with it now or then, but it is now. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, it's just, 
that's a problem. That's a big problem for me. Um, and then I also mentioned in my video review of this, um, that there's a lot of people that now send me these things. Uh, they're like, Hey, there's a bolt on starter kit. I think it's Panthera or Pantera. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I don't even pull it up. There's a company out there and I wish them well. And I hope that they do great, but there's a company out there. You're going to laugh when, after you hear what I have to say, but I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just being honest. There's a company out there that's making a bolt on starter kit for the YZ250X, and it essentially kind of helps you to Frankenstein on the side of your bike a starter that will electric start this bike. It's the same type of an idea as what you had on the electric start on the KTMs, and everyone complained that KTM back, I can't remember what year it was, like 2008, KTM decided we're going to put electric start on the on our bikes and they and and everyone was like this is not the way this is not the right way to put electric start on the bike and it's on the side of the bike and and you can get dirt in there and it can gum up and it can have problems I never had a problem with one but a ton of people were bashing KTM for that just bashing them like oh the starter sucks this aftermarket bolt-on starter kit is that basically same thing except the factory doesn't do it you do it <laughs> so you can you can put that <clears throat> you can you can think about how that's going to go in your mind and you'd literally blow half of your wad that you saved just by putting that on the bike. I'm not interested in that because now the bike is going to be much, much, much heavier than all of these other counterparts, especially the KTM. And it's going to be Frankensteined with this kind of like, I don't want to be too disparaging, but I'm not interested in that. And I don't know that any of you guys, <clears throat> there's going to be a ton of you, you know, some guys will buy it. Okay, great. It's the American dream. But the other thing I'll say is, so yeah, I'm going to say that I'd rather have the KTM. And if you love your YZ250X, go for it. Like, don't get offended by what I'm saying. I'm not out here to offend you. I'm just out here to tell you the facts, how I see them, and tell you my opinion of whether or not one is better than the other and whether what I'd rather ride. And so if you love your YZ250X, it doesn't matter what I say, <laughs> okay? It doesn't matter what Kyle says. It only matters what you think, okay? But maybe after hearing what I have to say, some of these things might resonate with you guys. So let's just start. And again, I'm not going to go into the weeds on these things. I'm not going to bring up the, you know, your, your clutch, and I'm not going to bring up different wheels that they come with. And I'm not going to bring up the different brakes that they have. Although I do think that the brakes on the KTM, that the, the Brembo brakes are better than the Nissan brakes. I do think that the clutch, the hydraulic clutch on the KTM is better than the, you know, your clutch on your, <laughs> your standard steel braided clutch on your Yamaha. But I am going to get in and talk about four main things, motors, forks, the frame and the weight and the weight will have a few different kind of like bullet points on it. Okay. So motors, forks, frame and weight. So just starting off number one with the motors, the KTM motor makes incredibly smooth power over a very wide RPM range. In short, the KTM motor pulls hard everywhere. Yamaha motor doesn't pull hard everywhere. The Yamaha motor is more mid range to top end, but it signs off a little bit more. It signs off a little bit sooner the Yamaha does. And so the KTM, they have continued to massage out these motors, the 250s and the 300s. And I'm just talking about the 250. I'm talking about like KTM 250XC because essentially that's my favorite bike. If I had to pick one, if you make me put, pick one, put a gun to my head and say, Kyle, what's the bike that you want to ride 
the entire year long and you have to ride this bike and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be the KTM 250XC. So I'm talking about a bike that I have deep feelings for. And that would be the bike that I'd want. And it pulls hard throughout the RPM range. There's so many people that think that, yo, you have to have a, a 300cc bike because it, you know, it makes more power and all this stuff. Dude, I, and you could put out, you know, uh, dyno data to me and all that other stuff. I have a 250 and I have a 300. I love them both. But if you make me pick one, I pick the 250 because of how it makes me feel, how free it revs. And it does pull hard. It pulls super hard. The KTM 250XC motor pulls harder than any four-stroke motor down in the low RPMs than you, you're going to get on most four-stroke motors. And it's controllable. And it doesn't stall and all these things. So the, that KTM motor is awesome, makes a smooth power. It's a, it's a much broader power from what I have seen and what I have felt than the Yamaha motor is. Okay. The other thing about the motor, KTM motor is counterbalanced. At least 2017 and newer, that is so smooth. So if we're, if we're talking about a 2016 or older KTM, the Yamaha motor was actually a little bit smoother. It didn't vibrate quite as much. Um, and so the, the Yamaha motor was smoother. Then you go 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Those KTM motors are smooth as butter. And I'm talking, they are smoother than some of the four strokes that I've ridden. In fact, the four stroke that I have right now, I've got a 2020 Sherco 300 SEF factory. It's a four stroke motor and it vibrates more than my KTMs. How do I know? Because I've ridden them back to back. Seriously, the two stroke is smoother and vibrates less than some four-stroke motors, including my Sherco right now, which is crazy. And so it just, that just, it feels so smooth. It just, it doesn't wear you out as much. It's just awesome. If you haven't, if you haven't played around with one of these newer KTM motors, you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> um, and with the inter- the other interesting thing, and I kind of touched on it, is that that Yamaha motor, I swear it signs off sooner on the top end. We already talked about how it has a lower, it lacks the bottom end, but I think it signs off smoother in the top end. I don't have data to prove that. I haven't put it on a dyno, but that's just what I feel when I'm on it. I feel like the KTM pulls harder on the bottom and keeps pulling longer. That's how it feels. And so those, you know, those things. And when you, it's not that the, it's not that the Yamaha vibrates a lot. It's just that when you compare it to the newer KTM two strokes, it feels kind of like a rattle box. And I don't love that. Um, forks. So the, you can kind of go through and say, well, you know, the Yamaha's, you can't really make an argument anywhere that Yam, that the Yamaha is superior. The places that people will say it's superior are like, well, it's simple. It's carbureted and it's still simple. And so that makes it superior. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know if that makes it superior. It's a, it's a thing. Okay. It's a little bit simpler, but it also makes it harder, you know, to, for you to get the bike to run because you actually have to tune it. Whereas an EFI bike in theory, they should run pretty well. A lot of them do, but on the forks, this is where your Yamaha fanboys will really just go to town and be like, it's the best fork ever because it's the Holy Trinity KYB. And you know, our dear Lord came down and gave us this fork on a silver platter and said, do not ever touch this because this is the pinnacle of techno suspension technology. Meanwhile, I bought enough of these bikes that have KYB valving to know that, yeah, this is a great fork as long as it's valved correctly. And generally speaking, Yamaha has done a pretty good job at this, but it's not always great. Depends on what bike you have. I had a beta 
300 or 300 beta race edition earlier this year. It was the worst valved fork I've ever owned ever. And it was KYB. Now I'm not blaming KYB or Kayaba or triple S or whatever. I'm just saying beta screwed up the valving on that. Now Yamaha usually hasn't screwed up the valving, but for off-road type stuff, Yamaha has had these things valved harder than I want them to be valved stiffer than I want them to be valved right off the get-go. And so a fork, yes, it's a good, it's a good platform, but this is all in the eye of the beholder. Like you will probably have to go get your suspension revalved if you really want to get the most out of it. And guys are doing this with KTM and guys are doing this with Yamaha. The difference is I'm right in the weight range for these bikes and I'm going, okay, every one of the Yamahas that I've ever had was actually valved a little bit too stiff for doing the slower, more technical stuff. If I'm out in the desert and if I'm doing higher speed stuff, the Yamaha forks are freaking awesome, freaking amazing. And they're really great. And Yamaha has done way more right than they've done wrong with the valving that they chose to put in their KYB fork as they sell it to you. But they're just a little bit on the stiff side for me. If you're going to be doing the slower, more technical stuff. Okay. If you're going to be doing big jumps and going ripping out through the desert, 90 miles an hour and all this stuff, those KYB forks are going to be awesome. But they aren't quite as adjustable to me as a consumer as what you get right now on a KTM air fork, because with the KTM air fork, I, I do think that they're very, very valve very well, and I can lower the pressure on the WP air fork, and then it works better than the Yamaha in the technical single track. I've put them back to back to back multiple times. And I'm here to tell you that the KTM air fork soaks up the bumps better in its stock form than the Yamaha KYB triple S fork. I know that sounds like heresy. I know there are certain people of you who believe so much in the Holy Trinity of KYB and SSS that you think that I'm going to be struck by lightning right now. I, I get that you guys, there are those of you out there that think that, but that is the truth for my, from my perspective. That is how I see it. The WP air fork that comes on the KTM, the exact fork is all about adjustability and balance for me. It's that good. I can put a little less pressure in the bike if I'm going to be going slower, which is the equivalent of having a lighter spring rate in the KYB fork because you're the air on the air fork is literally just taking place of the of the springs that would hold you up in a conventional fork such as what they have on the KYB fork on the Yamaha. So I can I can adjust the air pressure as needed on my 250XC to suit the terrain or suit the speeds that we're going to be doing that day. That makes that more versatile to me. It's also lighter. And so while yes, KYB is a great fork and I have a I have one that's valved really, really well right now on the Sherco 300 SEF factory. I'm just going to say the KYB forks are not just universally better anymore, in my opinion. I don't think they're better. They're just different now. And different people like their bikes to handle a different way. Like some people like to be more, you know, ride deeper in the stroke. Some people like to be up higher in the stroke. All of these things come into it. But I am no longer going to sit here. I don't want to argue with you on whether or not the forks are better. I'll just say we got to agree to disagree because these forks on the KY, uh, the, the KTMs, they're not worse. You know, I just, I'm not going to say that they're not worse, 
but I'm not going to sit here and spend a bunch of time because there's there's so many people out there that are so locked in on KYB as the best thing ever, and they just, in my opinion, they don't know what they don't know. People can love different things, but that doesn't mean it's better. Anyway, let's move on from the forks. Let's go and talk about the frame a little bit, just kind of like the general chassis of the bike. In my opinion, for off-road, the Yamaha is just feels a little bit dated. It's got that older aluminum frame. It's more rigid. And for whatever reason, I just think that the KTM here with the chromoly steel frame is just more modern for what we're doing in off-road, and it's more balanced. I don't know if it's because it's a little more giving, whereas the Yamaha one is a little bit more rigid. But the Yamaha feels really good when you're doing the higher speed stuff, like in the whoops, or you're blitzing out through the desert or something like that. You're doing the high speed stuff. The Yamaha frame feels really good and really planted and really true and gives you a lot of confidence. But then when the speeds slow down, it just feels like it, it's, it, it's easy to get it out of sorts. And some of this maybe could have to do with the fact that the suspension is valved a little bit too stiff too, but it just doesn't feel like it's as balanced for me in the slower, more technical stuff. And most of what has happened for me in the last four or five years, yes, I've gotten faster and my fast riding has gotten a little faster, but it, my my slower riding has gotten more technical, more challenging. And that's been a problem for me as I go back and I ride these other 250Xs here and there as I go riding with people that have them. Because when I go out on rides with people, if they've got a bike that I'm interested in, I always ask, hey, can I ride that? So I end up riding a lot of different bikes, even if I sold my YZ250X a couple of years ago. And I just, the frames, I just, there's something about the balance of the Yamaha that works really well. And maybe it would work freaking awesome in motocross. You know, uh, it works awesome out in the desert in the higher speed stuff. And that's where I kind of fell in love with that bike, the Yamaha, but it doesn't work super great when it gets technical. It just doesn't. So let's talk about weight too. Weight has a few different things in, I'm kind of mixing a few different things in this because I'm mixing in the electric start and the transmission and the battery and stuff here. So um, with weight on these bikes, yeah, I would rather have the YZ or the, the KTM. In 2000, I'm going to pull up and you can look on my website. If you go to dirtbikechannel.com, up on, up on the top menus, there's a bike info uh, you know, sub or menu up there. You can click on dirt bike weights. And I, I take pictures of all almost all the bikes that I get. I've forgotten on a couple of them because I like to weigh my bikes full of fuel. And before any aftermarket parts are put on them, I totally whiffed on this earlier this year because I bought the KTM 300 XCW TPI. And I was so excited to start putting parts on it and things. I put parts on it and I forgot that I hadn't weighed it. And so I don't have the weight of that bike. But if you scroll all the way down, the Yamaha YZ250X is the first bike that I actually weighed because I got, I had just gotten this scale. It was 2016. It's a commercial shipping scale. And I've used that same scale to weigh all my bikes ever since it's down. It's accurate down to the half of a pound. And so if you look down there, the Yamaha 2017 Yamaha YZ250X, it comes in at 237 pounds. Okay. And then if you look just above that, there's above and to the right of that, or depends on, I guess what platform you're on. There's the 2017 KTM 250XC, and it's actually coming in at a pound and a half lighter. So it's a pound and a half lighter than the Yamaha. It had a quite a bit more fuel, like a, almost a half gallon more fuel. It had a battery. It had electric start. Um, and so it was just kind of astounding because it had all these additional things and it was still lighter than the Yamaha. And it did. It felt lighter when you'd ride the bike. It was a 2017 250 XE was amazing. 
it, it was transformed. It was a transformative bike. It's the bike that helped me to know that the 250 XC is amazing. And it's probably my favorite bike. That was the bike that did that for me. And then you fast forward. If you scroll up on the page, now you look at the K, the 2020 KTM, the 2020 KTM is now about two. What is it? Um, two and a half pounds heavier than the Yamaha. Um, the, so now the Yamaha is two and a half pounds lighter, but it doesn't have electric start and it doesn't have fuel injection and it doesn't have a battery and it has less fuel and it has one less speed on the transmission. And so all of these things, it's like, well, and weight on the scale is not exactly weight on the trail. I can say that because like the Sherco, the Sherco, if you look at the top of my list, the Sherco 300 SEF factory, it's 253.5 pounds. That bike feels really, really light when you're riding it. So more important of how much it weighs when they're within a few pounds here is how that weight feels to you, how much of it is sprung, how much of it is unsprung and what the ge- geometry is on the front of that bike. And I can tell you right now that the the KTM feels lighter to me than the Yamaha does. It just does. It feels more agile to me than the Yamaha does. And I would take the KTM over that for sure. If you look at the amount of fuel that it has, it's carrying about one pound less fuel. Just depends on how how we look at this. They Neither one of these bikes have a super big gas tank. I think the Yamaha has like a 2.1 gallon gas tank and the KTM has a 2.25 gallon gas tank because the KTM has like a fuel pump in there and a fuel filter inside there. The KTM fuel tank used to be 2.6 and then it used to be 2.5. And then when they stuffed the extra, you know, electronics in that inside that fuel tank, it became like a 2.25 gallon tank. The point is the Yamaha is two and a half pounds lighter, but that at least one of those pounds is in the, in the, in the gas that it doesn't have. Gas is actually six pounds per gallon, you know? And so if you take a third of a gallon, that's two pounds. You take a fourth of a gallon, it's 1.5 pounds. You know, you can kind of 1.6, 1.7 pounds. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. So yeah, um, the KTM is just, okay, so it's not quite as light right now, two and a half pounds, but it's got more fuel. It's got a six-speed transmission. It's got electric start and it's got a freaking battery. You can go ahead and get a little bit lighter battery in the KTM and now it's even a closer thing. Like I put these um, anti-gravity or anti-gravity restart batteries in these guys and they weigh hardly anything you know? And so you can kind of get that down. And it's funny too, because a lot of people will ask me sometimes, you know, I want to put a light on my YZ250X. How I, how do I do that? I don't know. Maybe get a stator that puts out more power because uh, it doesn't have a battery on it. Are you going to actually just stuff a battery on the bike and figure out some place to Frankenstein? I've used that term a few times, a battery and a headlight in there when it doesn't have, I don't know. I don't know. And then here's the thing. The last thing I'll say and I could have I could have done this first. And I touched on it just a little bit. The Yamaha does not have electric start. Now, in the later part of 2016 when I was doing this doing the review on the YZ, I was like, "Ah, you know, it doesn't really matter cuz it's easy to kick start the thing." <sighs> when you're hanging off the side of a mountain, go ahead and just try to kick start that bike. When you're doing switchbacks that are so nasty and so steep that you could, if you high side the bike and tip over that other direction, you're falling down 12 feet. Go ahead and kickstart the bike there. You get caught down in a ravine where everything is in the wrong spot and you, oh my gosh. I, there's so many times that kickstarting a bike is going to really, really suck. And 
there are a bunch of you guys out there that would say, well, at least you have a kickstart, you know, because you're newer KTM. It doesn't have a kickstart on the bike. And you're right. I want to have a kickstart on my bikes, but I want that to be a backup. I want that to be backing up my electric start. You give me the choice of electric start only or kickstart only. And I take the electric start every time. I just do. Yeah, there will be times when you're something, some failure could happen to your electric start and maybe it doesn't work or maybe there's a short in one of the wires or whatever, but we have not been stranded yet because we didn't have a backup Kickstarter. That has not happened. There have been, we've had, you know, we've had wires get severed where we had to figure out, okay, here we can jump this wire and that'll start, uh, you know, on like switches. We've had fuses go out. We've had a bunch of different things that have kind of happened over the last decade of doing this, but I've never been stranded anywhere because I didn't have an electric, because I didn't have a kickstart. We've had to pull start bikes before. Yes. On four strokes, we've had to pull start bikes because it was so cold. The batteries wouldn't work. And so we had to pull start the bike, but we're carrying things on our bikes now where we can pull start them either with another motorcycle or something, you know, so we're, we're mitigating all these different risks and all these different things. But when you're on the side of a mountain and it's just you and like a 60 degree angle or whatever, or you're hanging off the side of a rock face or whatever it is, it is a 1 million times easier to just hit the magic button and electric start that bike and then jump on it and go. There are times that you just, you can't really kickstart the bike because of the situations. Now, if you're just riding out in the flat, if you're just riding out in Missouri or Kansas or Georgia or wherever it is, or just, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. I'm talking about flat land places where you don't have a lot of elevation change or things like this, or you're just blitzing out through the desert 90 miles an hour, then this doesn't matter to you and it doesn't apply to you. And you can just put your fingers in your ears or put your fingers in the sand and pretend what I'm saying doesn't matter to the people who are out here in the Western United States or the people who are doing hard enduro slash soft enduro slash these things out there in the world. But when you're doing those things, it's important to have electric start and I would take electric start every time <sighs> Yamaha doesn't have electric start. So which would I rather have? I'll take the 250 XC. The, the short of this, the summation of this is that I'll take the 250 XC every day of the week and twice on Saturday and three times on Sunday. I don't do a lot of riding on Sunday, but the point is I think that the KTM is superior the KTM 250 XC is superior to the Yamaha in every single measurable way. The motor is better. The clutch is better. The brakes are better. The gearing is better. The power is better. The balance is better. It's more capable in technical terrain. It pulls harder for longer. It's got more power down on the bottom end. The only thing that I'm not going to fight you on is on the forks. And I can literally go every go either way on those, but I prefer the adjustability that I have in the air forks over the KYB forks because I don't have to take them to a suspension tuner to get done what I want done out of those. I love that Yamaha still has the Yamaha YZ250. And I love that Yamaha still has the YZ250X that they put that out for us. It's another bike out there. But guess what, Yamaha? You need to put up or shut up. You need to do something with that bike to improve it. It's getting embarrassing for you, Yamaha, to continue trotting out 
with your 2003, 2004, 2006 technology here 16, 17, 18 model years later. That's getting embarrassing, guys. Do something with that bike. You have the capability. You already have the parts. You've got a transmission from the y, from the YZ250FX. You've got the freaking frame from the YZ250FX. It's the same frame as you put your motocross bike in your motocross bike, which is awesome. Just those two things together. If you put the Yamaha YZ250X and you put the WR transmission in the bike, which I don't love that much, but it's still better than what you're putting in there. You put the, the six-speed transmission in the bike. You figure out a way to bolt that motor into your awesome frame from the YZ250FX. Figure out a way to marry those three things together. Oh, and then offer it in a 300 and a 250 version. You want to talk about KTM killer. And we haven't even gotten to electric start yet. Yamaha, do something with that bike. Please. Please. Because you could. And I don't know why you're not doing it. That is today's podcast. That's essentially what the video said, although I talked a little bit more in this one, kind of went in a little bit more in depth. I am passionate about this. I'm passionate about this stuff. Competition is good. I want the competition. I want the industry to be moved forward. I want manufacturers to compete. I want them to like bring a better product to us. And Yamaha has the ability right now to push KTM and Husky and Gas Gas and Beta and Sherco to push them. They're the only ones, they're the only Japanese brand that is in a position to push. Kawasaki's not in a position to push. Honda's not in a position to push. Don't even get me started on Suzuki. Yamaha is the only one that can do it. And they can, and they could. We'll find out if they will. I'm not holding my breath on that. Guys, if you want to support Dirt Bike Channel, one of the easiest ways that you can do that is to use my links when you're going to buy products from, say, Rocky Mountain ATV or Motorsport or Amazon. I have those listed on the upper right-hand corner of my website, dirtbikechannel.com. You'll see it links up there. I've got links to like my favorite protection parts, all these different things. Or you can just bookmark one of my links. If you, if you, go, to, if you go to my website or you go to my, any of my videos on YouTube, you can just bookmark that link. There's the, the key thing at the end is that kind of like uh, 107 thing kind of at the end. You'll see that at the end of the URL, it's like, you know, rockamountainatv.com forward slash, and then it's the question mark REF equals 1017. That part needs to be in the URL. And then you just click on that and you just shop like normal at Rocky Mountain ATV and I will get credit for that. And that would be really, really helpful to me. I would forever be in your debt. The other, the other thing you can do is you can get involved in the Dirt Bike Channel sweepstakes. Here in just a couple of weeks, starting on October 15th, we'll be giving away, we'll be starting a sweepstakes where we'll give away three different bikes. Yes, you heard it, three bikes. We've got the 2020 Sherco 300 SEF Factory, the 2020 KTM 300 XCW TPI, and the 2020 KTM 250 XC Awesome Bikes. You go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, all the details over there. You make a purchase. Those purchases give you entries into the sweepstakes. No purchases necessary. There's also like a mail-in option. You can go visit my, my website and see all the official rules. But that's what we got going on. Super awesome. And with that, I want you guys to leave a single track. Thanks. <laughs>